This is Aikido Discussed, your regular weekly Aikido podcast. We talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I'm Christopher Hine, head instructor at Aikido Fresno, and with me today is Joshua Tihi, assistant instructor at Aikido Fresno. And Maya Solana McDaniel, second Q and student at Aikido Fresno. All right. There it is. Yep. What did we have on? Oh, on tap. Did we? <laughs> we literally chatted. Literally two I seconds know. ago, Josh goes, somebody. Somebody. Uh, <laughs> I get confused once the thing starts going. The red light comes once, on. Or <laughs> once Chris goes, this is Aikido right. Discuss. Well, yeah, my mind, mind goes, goes blank. blank. I can't. <laughs> you just are so commanding. So know, remind me again. Uh, this was... Was this a... Urbano. Uh, okay, Urbano sent out a question. Thank you, Urbano, one of our regular Patreon supporters. Um, our regular uh, weekly Patreon supporter. wanted to know about, uh, about Sabuti hitting things with, with weapons and, you know, how to train that. And there was some good I questions. Can't remember. I should I should have looked up. I'll pull um, it up. Yeah, yeah, it's on Patreon. But, um, but basically, I think the, the short end of his question was like, so, hey, um, I like weapons. Um, I like sabuti. Uh, sabuti just means practice swinging in Japanese. Um, and, like, you know, I'm wondering about hitting stuff. And, you know, should I be hitting stuff in my sabuti? And um, also he wanted to know um, if you can't go outside during the winter, right. which we're in right now, if, if you didn't know. On, Some on, people are. On this, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Australians are fine. You're in the northern hemisphere. Um, it's currently wintertime. So, um how do you train that stuff inside if you want to hit stuff? Like, what, what do you do? And also, know? I think there was a question <clears throat> about um, how do you know that you're doing it correctly? Yeah. Which I think is an, this is an important thing because I feel like you can swing a stick for a long time or, or uh, do the sabuti uh, in sort of the form, the forms as we, we have them in the formulaic ways and, and not necessarily be doing it correctly you know not necessarily be swinging in the most efficient and practical methods does that make sense or means does that make sense yes like, yeah. yeah totally makes sense um so you can I mean, be you can be doing weird crazy you probably will be in fact when you start uh if you've never swung something before if you've never like hit with something before I got his question here. All right, perfect. Um, Give it a read. <clears throat> Greetings. Thank you for producing an interesting and You don't ever... have to read that far. Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you can, but... <laughs> <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Uh, here's the question. That. Okay. There we go. Um, uh, yeah. I'm pretty early on the Aikido journey, so I have a lot of productive input. input. The last few days since my Q test, I've been regularly swinging my bokken. There you go. And I was wondering if you would want to have a pedantic discussion about hitting stuff with your weapon during solo practice. How would you experiment safely? Like, is it possible to do wrong, and how do you know? And if I can't go outside in the winter, have you heard of any ways to do it safely indoors? And what kind of feedback have you found typically emerges that signals that you're on the right track to understanding the somebody better? Those, that's, that's a good it. question. Yeah. Good, well-filled-out question. Yeah, thank you. I think, too, way. this is a great response because a couple times... Um, We've said on the podcast, you know, the book, I think, Josh, this is something you say a lot. The bokken will let you know or the oh, Joe yeah, will yeah, let yeah. you know yeah. when you're doing it, it right will. and when you're doing it wrong. Yeah. And I think that is true, but it's good to maybe flush out for people who are new because um, I think when you're new, everything feels weird and wrong. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, and that's kind of the, the, the problem. And that's what I was sort of pointing to with, you know, how do you know if you're doing something correct or not? It's like at first everything feels weird. So how do you know that the thing that you're doing? So, yeah. Um, and I don't know a real good answer for that. I think one thing to do is 
watch what other people do and, and kind of, you know, take note. Um, the problem with that is a lot of times you don't get to watch yourself. And so yeah. you can't see that you're doing weird stuff. Um, and I know we've had situations before, and I'm sure this happened to me, where it was like, um, you know, don't pick up your foot before you do this thing. Okay. And then you do it. Don't pick up your foot before you do this thing. Uh, and then you I, do it again. I did not. You know, that kind of thing. Where you don't even realize the thing that's, that's weird. And I'm using a foot I, as a button. I literally in class one time was telling one of my students, like, you keep moving your foot before you move. Don't move your foot before you move. And um, uh, I said it, you know, I don't know how many times because she just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And then uh, she eventually looked at me and said, I am not moving my foot before I move because I'm just paying attention to my foot. And I got the video camera out and I videoed her and then I showed her and she goes, oh, I'm moving my foot before I move my foot. <laughs> what, what do I do? Uh, what is that? Yeah. I think too. The, so uh, that is, that is, uh, oh, yeah. that's real. That's real. Yeah. And the trouble of watching someone else and trying to, to do what they're like, oh, I see them moving this way. I'll, I'll just do that is like. Sometimes you, what you think you're seeing is it's not what you're yeah. seeing, right. and also what you're seeing is not what you're doing. You know, well, it worked for the Ninja Turtles. They watched Splinter. That's all they had to do, and they got really good. That's, that's one version. Isn't there another version where they're, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's probably. Um, but yes, no, that's 100 percent true because you can look at something and go like, "Oh my God, he's making this beautiful night," you know, um, and that's not really what's happening, you know. Well, Multiple times, I think, Chris, you've come over to me during class and been like, um, you know, do it more like this, and you'll show me how to do it. And I'll be like, I thought that's how I was doing it. <laughs> this is... I really thought that that's how I was doing it. And they'll be like, no, you were doing it like this. And then I'll be like, I don't see a difference. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I think was really uh, important, and I think it was, uh, I don't know if an astute thing that Urbana was doing, but uh, actually hitting things, I think oh, is yeah. a big Key. way to easily Key. determine determine whether you're doing something right because when you hit something you will instantly be able to go like oh yeah that felt terrible yeah. I, that yeah. would not hurt anyone or that would that was not a, a realistic strike um and so then you just kind of have to so let's let's uh i think we can give a hierarchy and i think we've just kind of pretty much covered all the the important things good here. we're done Thank you, you know like uh well i mean you know yeah we glossed right. um so like uh, number one is um listen to your instructor and watch other people uh, other people who are good so that's going to be your first tip. It's going to be the first thing that starts putting you onto it. So and that, that sounds like a no-brainer, but sometimes, you know, your instructor says, swing the stick. And as soon as they say that and you see grossly, grossly what they do, you just go, oh, okay, you swing it over your head like this. And you just start doing it repeatedly and you stop paying attention. You need to, like, watch them, try and emulate them, watch them, try and emulate them, watch them, try and emulate them. And that has to go on for a while, right? So, so uh, uh, ask others and listen to your instructor. There's number one. Number two seeing yourself will help so get in front of a mirror yeah videotape yourself one of those two i mean everyone's probably got a cell phone now i mean you can video yourself pretty easy you can probably find a big enough mirror stand in front of the mirror and see if your image of you looks like your image that you built in your head of watching good people and your instructor doing it right so because if you watch your instructor over and over and over you will build a little little thing in your head that is how they look and so then when you watch the video of you doing it you're more likely to pick up on when you're doing it wrong oh my elbow is over here right whatever weirdness uh number three um hit things if you hit things a lot 
and you care about the feedback you're getting from hitting things, meaning, you know, you hit pads, uh, whatever, other sticks, uh, other students' weapons, things, and you hit them and you try to hit them with purpose, meaning you're hitting them just like you were hitting something seriously to destroy it. Um, so you, you hit things seriously um, and you pay attention to the feedback you're getting you will automatically learn the right technique to do it. Um, and this might sound weird. It, there's no magic to it. Your body will become more and more efficient to hit harder and harder and harder over time. The real secret to all of this is you could just hit something for a long time over and over, right. and then you'll learn the best way to hit it. Now, your instructor, watching your instructors and other people who know how to do it will help you jump ahead. It will make you learn those things quicker because you can see what they're doing and go, oh, that's a good idea, and start implementing those. Um, but just hitting stuff will teach you how to do it. I can look at almost anyone, I think, and I can immediately tell if their sabuti practice includes hitting things or not. Because if you're not hitting things, you have no power in your technique. And if you're not used to it, then you don't even know you don't have power. I have seen many high-ranking Aikido instructors who should definitely know better. And when questioned, I'll ask him, hey, do you hit stuff regularly? Oh, I have hit stuff in the past. I have hit stuff in the past means one time their instructor made them hit something. Uh, and then that was the time. That was the, all their feedback they ever got. If you don't hit something, there's no way you can know how to hit something. There is a shock that goes through the weapon. There is a shock of your body moving. There's all kinds of things happening. There's something that happens when you miss and how to correct for the misses. There's all kinds of things that happen over and over. So if you don't hit stuff, you're never going to get it. Uh, and then the last one is do it a lot. Yeah. Um, you have to spend a lot of time doing it. And those are probably in, in level from you know hardest or easiest to hardest, right? Right? So like listening to others and looking is probably the easiest of those steps, you know, um, watching yourself uh, do it, like take the time to video yourself, watch yourself next and then hitting things next and then doing it for a long time. And, and that's one of the hitches is like uh, I was telling uh, Maya the other day, uh, we've been practicing uh, Italian uh, foil fencing and um, I know the right things to do, but I haven't trained those actions in my body yet. To, yeah. Yeah. So it's like when we do them, I, I, I don't naturally have the patterns for it. So And I know that it's just going to take time. I know what to do intellectually, but I have not yet trained my body to do it in that situation. So that's just you got to ingrain it in. And it'll, you know, that will take a while. Yeah, I agree. I think um, – and, and, you know, I think doing it all the time really, you know, is important. That's in, – uh, in terms of knowing if you're on the right path um, – you will see that not only your weapons work gets better, the technique will be cleaner. You'll you'll feel that you're able to hit stuff better. Um, the rest of your Aikido will all, all will also clean up um, really nicely because the weapon's going to force you to move your body correctly. Yes. Um, so that's like a secondary benefit of the whole thing that you should see. So if you know you're doing it for a long time, and I, I used to do. And this is really bo kind of boring uh, in one way, but uh, important in another way. You know, so when I started doing the Josebury, let's say, um, I would spend probably 45 minutes a day or every other day just doing this ability. So I would do all 20 Josebury and I would do each of them at least three different ways. I would do them really rigidly. I would do them in kind of as fluidly as possible. I'd do them as fast as possible. I would just mess around with them. Um, and, you know, that can be boring. You're not hitting anything. You're just, you know, kind of poking around yeah. the air. Um, but if you're focused on it and um, really into it, you will find a different thing every single time you do it. And, you know, I don't know, probably a couple months of that 
really just clean things up quickly for me. <clears throat> when Josh started um, doing Sabuti on his own regularly, I could tell a, a huge difference in his IQ. Because right? I remember he came in one day. And I was like, hey, man, all this looks really good. I mean, his taijutsu changed, you know, so his his unarmed, his non-weapon stuff. He came in, and I was like, whoa, you got a lot better all of a sudden. What happened? He's like, oh, yeah, every day in my parents' backyard, I'm I'm doing uh, sabuti. Um, and it made a huge difference, you know. So of those four things that you kind of outlined to work on your sabuti, um, maybe we could go through and kind of talk about a little, like, some more details in that. So, like... You know, aside from watching your instructor or people in your direct vicinity say you want to practice uh, weapon stuff, but they don't do that at your dojo, where could someone look, or what could what should someone look for for a good example of that? Because there's plenty of videos online, but sure. that doesn't mean that sure. they're good videos. Sure. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you my very biased opinion mm-hmm. first. Uh, I believe Saito Sensei has the best body of work for IKEA yeah. weapons. Um, I think he has a really good body of work, and and uh, that's just my bias. And it's because I learned the Awama system in the beginning, and I've spent a lot of time looking at it, and I've spent a lot of time reading Saito Sensei and watching videos of him, and um, I think he's got a great body of work. I think if you start with that body of work, the Awama weapons body of work, you will easily understand how your taijutsu and how your weapons go together, um, and it will teach you ergonomically how you should be moving, and it will teach you the fundamentals of using those weapon types. So I think he's got a really good system. It's not absolutely the be-all, end-all. Like, you you need to, as a student of weapons, um, I needed to do this. You need to look at a lot of different things, right? So once you've got a grasp on what Aikido weapons are, you probably need to start looking at HEMA people and modern tactics people. And, you know, so, like, even studying firearm and uh, pistol or knife and things like this. Like, these, these things are going to to overall help your your view of how weapons work and how your body integrates with them and how you're going to use them. But if I were starting out, uh, or my recommendation, anyone starting out who doesn't have any weapons and you don't do that in your dojo, is look at Saito Sensei's body of work because it's really good. Also, there's a ton of stuff on YouTube, so you can see Saito Sensei. I can think of two videos online um, yeah, right off the top of my head that are fantastic of him. Uh, and he'll go all the way through the Joe, all the way through right. the Boken. And they're pretty uh, clear, you know, like yes. they're very step stepwise. So yes. you can watch it, pause it, see what something looks like. Yes. Um, it's It's not like he's doing a bunch of stuff really quickly and then going, all right moving on it's right. you know he cared speedy, a know. lot about weapons and you can tell that in in the way he he approached teaching them um yeah i think that'd be really good for someone who doesn't have that to be able to go to that and watch right. those um also then <clears throat> the next step you said was in addition to watching is watching yourself so filming yourself that seems fairly or Watching yourself in a mirror, mirror or whatever. Yeah, and, and, and self-explanatory. Let me flesh it out just a tiny bit more. Um, so what's important is when you watch it, you're watching it very critically of yourself. Um, and what you're using as a standard for your being critical is watching someone else who knows what they're doing, right? So, like, that's what you're comparing. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't just watch it and go, like, oh, I don't like my hair there. I don't like my shoes that day. You know? And, like, I mean, I'm being silly, but yeah. really don't don't make – don't be critical of things like that, but instead go, my hips aren't turning when his hips turn. That's right, what right. you're trying to be critical of. And so you really want to do Where a, are his hands? Where are my hands? Exactly right. Exactly uh, are right. Are the ending, do the ending positions look the same? Do right. the starting positions look the 
right. same. And and the practice Josh said, I think this is an essential practice, is do it once slow and stepwise. Boom, 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 boom. Every motion has a, a clear stop point and you pause there. Uh, and then do it fluidly. Uh, and then you can do it explosively. Or there's lots of other ways you can play with it. Play with it. Um, and, and so by doing that, you will see if your hands are ending like theirs, your feet are ending like theirs, your hips are ending like theirs, um, your back is straight or round or whatever is the same or opposite of theirs. And that's what you're looking for. So, so don't just film yourself and look at it and go, yeah, I'm beautiful or yeah, I'm ugly, whatever, whatever it is, right? Look at it and be critical of it. Watch yourself a lot and, and with the idea in mind of what the other person looks like. And I would say, you know, um, having an instructor is probably by far the, the, the best thing that you can do because they're actually able to, they're able, they are going to be able to look at you and go, ah, don't move your foot there. Or you got to twist your hips more and they hopefully will be able to have a language to help you understand what that means because a a, a lot of times it's like all right you got to twist your hips okay but what does that even mean you know twist your hips you know so um and after teaching it a while i feel like you come up with some language that you can use to kind of help people understand like this is what you're trying to do with the weapon it's it's a real you're very lucky if you come across a teacher who a has really good weapons work and b can discuss weapons work right. because those two things don't always go together um and i know as a beginner it's hard to pick out what's good weapon work but um yeah yeah uh, do, do they hit i mean like you know i would say objectively do they move fast and hit powerfully um do their mo- motions look fluid and if, if you got someone who's doing that it's like well they're doing something better than you are so to right, so learn right, from right, them right, right. you know yeah, yeah. but just because it's fast doesn't mean that it's efficient or you know just because no. it's fast doesn't mean that it's powerful you know no, what i mean like no and i mean you know i uh, think that's what's hard about it yeah so so look at saito sensei and if it looks like saito sensei it's, it's probably be, pretty good um close, right. understand that's not the be all end all you know like honestly there as my weapons have progressed i hit a point where i was like oh i have to look at stuff other than saito sensei so it's not the be all end all but it's a good start point it's a great start point especially if you're interested in how does aikido go with Weapons practice. Right. I cite this and it's awesome. And it does. It does. Beautifully. Perfectly. It is, and I always say this, but not only from like um, a practical standpoint or like a technical standpoint, it will teach you things. From a philosophical standpoint, you are making Aiki with the weapon. And that's the only way that this stuff will work is if you move with the weapon. If you try to command the weapon to do whatever, it's not going to work. You have to let the weapon do what it wants to do and you fit within that. Right. So that's like an important piece as well. It's like don't try to own the weapon um, and think that that's going to make you hit hard or whatever because it's not. You have to like get out of the way. Uh, that's a weird way to say it. But you have to move with the weapon, let the weapon do the work, um, and move yourself, fit yourself yeah. with yeah. it. So. Another important thing, and I'd like to point this out because I think uh, we get confused about this. Don't let how moving the weapon powerfully inside of your body feels um override mm-hmm. how powerful the weapon actually hits so mm. a lot of times in karateka uh, run into this problem a lot where they um, are striking the air a lot and they make this big snap and pop and they feel really good about it and it seems powerful and then you watch that same guy hit a bag and he doesn't hit the bag very hard and the reason is because he's he's stopping it all in his shoulder joints and a lot of karateka have bad shoulders for this very reason um they, they pop it and so they're internalizing it so inside they're feeling a big wave of power um but outside they're not making that much power so you have to 
hit something and, and look at the result of your hit, right? So when you hit a pad, how much does the pad move? Um, how loud is it? How much percussion comes out of it? Like what, you know, like actually hitting, doing the work. Yeah. So actually on that note, then what is the best, what are the best things to practice hitting on? Um, so I, on, so let's go with traditional first. Um, Yueshiba would take a bundle of sticks, tie it up, and stick it across uh, like these two like X, um, I don't know what to call them, like big X's that stand up off the ground. Does that make sense? Uh, what I'm saying? Yeah, like a, yeah, 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 yeah. Just like a that. stand. Yeah, like a, kind of like, yeah, yeah. like sawhorses, yeah, but not like, like sawhorses yeah, like without saw a horses. top on them, yeah. right? Anyway, so um, if you look at old videos of Yueshiba, I can't think of the name of the video, but if you look on YouTube, um, you'll find it pretty quickly. Uh, you can see his back area training, and, and he had a bundle of sticks, and that's a traditional tanrin, right? So like a, a spirit forging, spirit uh, forging, something you you smash uh, you smash a bokin into over and over and over. Um, it's it's uh, decent. It's a, it's a really good thing, and and you can probably find a bundle of sticks anywhere. You know what I mean? Like so yeah. so you can make a bundle of sticks. That's really low cost. All you got to do is somehow figure out a stand. And honestly, if you could get some slightly larger sticks and tie them together with a piece of rope, you could make your stand also. So that's great. Um, the, the limitation of that is you're only going to be able to strike um, vertically and only strike vertically going down with that configuration. So it's a, it's a good place to start, um, but that's a start. Um, I love tires, um, and uh, you can probably find tires wherever you live. Um, I don't know. On we, the side of the street. Well, so that's the side of the street is <laughs> not the best place. The best place is the, the railroad road. tracks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Railroad All tracks right. is the best place. If you walk down the railroad <laughs> tracks, oh, I've done this everywhere I've ever lived. Uh, you start walking down the railroad tracks, I guarantee you'll find a tire within a mile. Yeah. You know, like, so I don't know why. I, I don't understand because, I mean, I just go to the yeah, place and, <laughs> and they put tires on my car. But, anyways, um, somehow people they change their tires some, yeah, right tires by the railroad track. Or maybe they're falling off of trains i don't know what the hell but people, guarantee. people chris, don't tire chris is that guy that walks down the street and he's just pushing a tire along <laughs> on his way home tire, don't yeah. mind more, me guys more than once um <laughs> so uh so so get a tire tires are fantastic because depending on how you orient it you can hit it from any freaking direction um and what i love this is one of my favorite setups i ever had was i um i had two trees in my backyard uh that were you know maybe 10, 11, 12 feet apart. And um, I took a rope and I tied a rope to each side of the tree and then I ran them through my tire in the middle and I put the tire about head height. I could use that tire to hit straight down. I could hit at any angle, like even including coming up because the the ropes pulling on the side enabled you to hit it straight up. And I could use it for thrusting practice. It was a little too big of a hole. You can do different things to make the hole smaller, but you can practice thrusting too, right? So a lot of times thrusting and then pulling it back out clean to come around and hit. So if you're practicing like uh, seventh sabuti or sixth sabuti, um, it's good for this. So tires are fantastic. They're cheap. They're everywhere. They will take a pounding all day. It'd take you a long time to beat a tire down. Um, we've got one in the dojo right now that I know is at least 25 years old, and it's it's starting it's to get right. a little it's a little bad, but they'll take a beating for a long time. So tires, fantastic. Another thing that I really like is um, you you should be used to use trees, so you can see in videos of him stabbing the hell out of trees. Uh, he would stick a, a, a kendo do like a chest protector from oh, okay. kendo on it, right? Um, you don't want to look your tr- your Joe will thrash a tree eventually. Um, so if you're using it regularly, you're going to thrash a tree and you don't want to kill your tree. Trees are nice. Um, but, but so put something to protect it. What I, trees are friends. Yeah, trees, trees are friends. Trees are friends. No, no joke. This is good. Yeah. Um, anyways, but, um. They get mad so, if you. So, yeah. They come get you in the middle of the night. The, uh, it's <laughs> right, come right. for you. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> the scratching at your window. <laughs> 
Like, like in Poltergeist. I was just going to say, like in Poltergeist. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> anyways, um, but but something that I think is really good is um, a uh, uh, gymnastic mat, those fold-up gymnastic mats. We had one um, at one of the houses I lived in. It was fantastic. I took the gymnastics mat, and I wrapped it around the base of the tree, and then I just tied it on top and bottom with a rope. And it's great because I could take it off anytime I wanted, um, and I could put it back up really easy, and it allows you to do all horizontal strikes, really nice horizontal strikes, uh, and it's super solid. So, for example, practicing um, Gerangaishi, um, so look, let me explain to you. If you're using the Wama weapon system, your your Gerengaish, if you've never hit anything, sucks. It's, it's horrible. I'm telling you right now, it sucks. It totally sucks. Uh, I know because I've seen right. lots of Iwama people doing it who have never hit anything, and I watch it, and I'm like, oh, it sucks. Um, you have to hit something. That's a very particular technique that you have to train your hips how to move. You you throw the stick exactly like you throw a round kick. Um, so if you've thrown a round kick in Thai kickboxing, you're actually a, a little ahead. But it takes you a while to reprogram it so your upper body can do the same thing but um that that requires you in my opinion to have to have to have something horizontal that you can hit the hell out of and it's hard to do that with the tire but with the pad around the tree fantastic um last i would say and and i've had all these setups uh different times um but uh a, a short punching bag is really a good thing now, be forewarned, you can't really thrust it. You will tear through it. <laughs> right. You you will. There, there's no joke. You will go right through that sucker, and then you got shit pouring out, and that sucks. Or or you got the cotton coming out, depending on what kind of bag you have. Um, so if you're going to do that, I would recommend getting a leather pad. Go buy a thick piece of leather, like Tandy Leather or something. There's a plug for Tandy Leather. There you go. Uh, we're taking sponsorships, Tandy Leather. Anyways, um, then duct tape that to the side, and that gives you a pad to hit. Yeah. Um, be forewarned, your skis, when you start skiing stuff, are probably going to slide all over right. the place, they're gonna and suck. they're going to yeah. suck. Yeah. 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 So uh, you need to practice doing that. So those are all the like setups you could have. Um, you can modify those for inside, right? So um, you can stick a, uh, a tire in your uh, closet doorway, uh, and you can smash down on it, right? And so the closet doorway will hold the tire in place, and you can beat the hell out of it. Um, like that, and you, you might need to shim the sides up a little bit, but you can kind of you know wedge it in the doorway, uh, and that's a good trick. Um, you can you can find ways to set it up inside um, various different ways, but but those are the things I would hit because you're not going to destroy those generally, and they'll allow you to hit the shit out of right. something, which is what you want. Um, and if you have a partner, you can stick on hit s- them. Stick on yeah, stick on stick contact. Stick on sticks pretty good. Is pretty I would good. watch. Just so be careful. Of, you know. Yeah. To me, stick on sticks really good for some of the lighter strikes. The, not meaning purposefully lighter. It's just naturally they don't have as much power. But big overhand shots like Showman's and Yokoman's, you're going to go through Joe's as powerful right. as Joe's are. And I know some people are listening to this and they're saying like, oh, I don't know. I've had this Joe for 20 years and, and I've never it, broke it. Break, yeah. Well, you, you've never hit it hard. Uh, I've flown through so many Joe's in my life. Like when you are actually hitting stuff, you will destroy your weapons. I mean, that's just part of it. Like they are expendable. So let's talk a little bit about uh, indoor training, and you talked about it a little bit. Um, so we're lucky we're in <clears> California <throat> for the majority. Three six, five days a year we can train. Pretty much. You know, there might be a rainy day, but even if it is, we could be out there. You got foggy, a carport. Like, yeah. whatever, yeah. Um, so if you don't have that, and also, you know, I've been very lucky in that I've lived in places with high ceilings. Really mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. I can swing a Joe. In fact, the place I'm at right now, I do it. I can swing a Joe almost full around and not hit anything yeah you're part of you have a nice high Um, ceiling yeah Yeah, i'm jealous but a lot of people don't uh and so you know how do you train you know something like that full full shots or whatever with a let's say a joe because it's a little bit longer and more unwieldy in some ways than a bookend 
without you know breaking lamps and so knocking crap off the wall. So if you're training in limited space, very limited space, um, you might not be able to do power stuff. Um, and you're probably not going to be able to do any flourishy, big moving stuff um, because you're limited in space. But that doesn't mean you can't train with a weapon. But what I would do is I would train control exercises in a tiny area, right? So can you go through the 31 Sabuti uh, in a tiny apartment and not hit anything? Can you pick objects inside of your apartment and stop right before you hit them right so meaning like you swing and you just stop before you hit it you know and i wouldn't i wouldn't do it with your the urn of your mom's ashes or something you know like don't don't do that it's a bad bad call um but uh you know pick things yeah. that you could don't, hit don't you wouldn't destroy and and then try not to destroy them of course <laughs> your tv um, don't right 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 but um i would do control exercises so in a tiny area and i've done this uh, before like in um hotel rooms and stuff where yeah. it's just like you're just doing control control stuff and also i think that you can just kind of like practicing with the weapon doesn't necessarily mean just going through all of your uh forms and stuff your stability um just Hang out with your Joe or your Bokan. Flip Sleep it, next to flip it. Flip it around. I, yeah. Take it you in the shower. To, but, you know. Take it in the bathroom. Don't take it in the shower. <laughs> Truthfully. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The, um, a big part of this is just is, is moving around with it. So just, you right. know, walk around with it. The more. Take it on a candle at dinner. The more you understand. <laughs> <laughs> Name it. The more you understand Isn't she how, it, how it moves, <laughs> how it feels, where it's. Um, you know where its points of balance are right uh the better you're going to be able to use it so this isn't just about like swinging it i mean some of it's just about like holding it in your hand you know uh if i have a joe a lot of times i'll just like uh thrust it out there and see if i can grab it before it flies away or pull it back the same way um so there's a lot of things that you can do that that may not seem like they're you know sabuti things I mean, and they're not, but they will help you understand how you need to control that weapon. Yeah, and on that on that note, and what Josh is saying exactly is, um, you know, practice the different flourishes. Um, so flourishes are, you know, spinning it and flipping it through your fingers and tossing it in for in. Those things aren't, that's not what you're going to do in a fight or something, but what they're doing is they're teaching you mastery of how the weapon moves through space. Um, and they're also teaching you how to catch a weapon that gets knocked out of your hands because when you're practicing all these weird flourishes, it's going to fly out of your hands many times and your ability to catch it will go up. And that's what you want if you ever had to use a weapon to defend yourself is you hit something, it goes flying out of your hands. Can you catch it before it falls or gets away from you? Um, there's been a lot of times recently where I've been doing some stuff and that Joe just like kind of flies out of my hand and... Um, it's amazing how often I can recover and still do something, right. you know, and not have it completely get taken away. And that comes from what Josh was just saying, which is like, you know, master how you and the, the weapon relate. You have to have eye key with the weapon. So how do you two fit together? Uh, weapons, your your constant Aikido training partner. You know, people say that stuff all the time, like, oh, well, I want to practice Aikido, but I don't have a partner. You can't practice Aikido without a partner. No, your your weapon can be with you, and it's your constant training partner. It will teach you to have Aiki, uh, different, but but the same. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really really true. Um, also, this is super random, but like, if you have animals, <laughs> make sure that they're not under your feet yeah. <laughs> when you're practicing. Unless you're ready to, like, trip and not fall into shit. Mm. Like, make sure that your dog's not under your feet when right. you're swinging your Joe or your or, cat. Right, right, or... right. This story about Chiba Sensei and Yoshiba's <clears throat> dog barking at him and Chiba getting mad. Chiba, well, 
this is uh... a... <laughs> I was like, well, you can't just say yeah. something and then not tell us the story. <laughs> well, this is this is uh... this is talking out of turn. Is that was? Um... Is it not safe for podcast? No, I mean this, so, so this is all. Um, this is, it's hearsay. Uh, this is hearsay. Okay. Yeah, this is all hearsay. But apparently, Sai <laughs> and Chibo were doing <clears throat> some sabuti. And uh, Oh Sensei had a little dog, I guess that was yappy, and came up and started yapping. And Chiba Sensei uh, swung the bouquin at the dog, and and that was the end of the dog. Oh my god! And no! Oh, and, shit. and then then Saito and Chiba got real scared because then they thought Yoshiba would kill them when he came back. So they they buried the dog under Iwama Dojo. This is this is this is the Whoa, story. Whoa! And his spirit haunts That's the dojo to, to this day. day. Yeah, to this There's day. The spirit of the yappy dog. dog. Yes, if you've been Uchidishi, Iwama Dojo, and you've heard. In the middle of the night. <laughs> and you go out and there's nothing. There's nothing there. <laughs> there's a little shaking dog ghost. So don't try your control practice with a dog's with head. A, a live bad. creature? Yes, yes, yes. We are in absolutely no support of hurting animals in any way. Right. Well, you know. Trees. We're not hurting trees. We're not going to hurt animals. Right. Of course not. <laughs> We're like dogs, fine. But don't hurt those trees. <laughs> Um, what was the last point you made? So you said watching uh, others, watching yourself, um, practicing hitting, hitting something, things and, and then doing it just a do lot. it a lot. Doing it a, a lot. lot. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a no duh. Like every day is, you know, it, I don't think. It's funny because that one, you know, people hear that and they're like, oh, well, that one's not that hard. But it, it's hard. It's the hardest one. To squeeze in time right. to practice, practice, practice. And especially it once. At the very beginning, uh, it's probably not as hard in some ways because the, it's a new thing. And so you're like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm figuring out each of the parts. But once you have it down, it does become difficult to run through the whole thing in a way that's still um, interesting interesting and useful to you, you know? Right. I mean, it's easy to just do it. Um, but it's kind of hard at a certain point. You're just like, oh, this is boring. Why am I just... Yeah, with a stick for an hour. My advice on that too is, you know, like um, rush. You know, if you're going to set some aside some time for yourself, and maybe if you have a regular practice, right? Like, you know, every day I spend thirty minutes doing a weapon art. Um, Go through the stuff, right? So, like, once you memorize it, it will take you ten minutes to run through all twenty sabuti, uh, the thirteen, the thirty-one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, whatever weapon you're practicing, right? But it'll take you no time. Um, Then. Think about the hiccups. What sucks? Right. You know, like, and I don't mean like, what do you forget? I mean, like, well, I mean, if that's part of what you're doing, but once you know it, where do you feel not powerful? Where do you feel not strong? And then isolate those bits and work those bits until you get really good at them. And then go through the material again and find the next hiccup and work on that hiccup. Um, and I'm saying it real fast. It's not going right, to go right. like that. You might spend, you know, six weeks working on one of the hiccups, but um, that's that's how you keep yourself interested in your weapon right. work. And uh, at a certain point, if you feel like everything's really super tip-top shape, uh, flip hands. Do it. Oh, yeah. You know, opposite. <laughs> That's really good. You know, if it's a little more difficult with the, the bokeh because, um, you know, it, we're not used to doing that at all. The joe is a little less so, but still can be kind of tricky. Um, but, you know, there's a lot to be that you can learn by switching hands oh, yeah. and seeing and th- with the bokeh for me especially this is telling like I cannot for the life of me make uh, you know if I'm sort of leading with my uh, right hand uh, 
or left hand, however you want to look at it, opposite of how you would normally right, right, hold right. a sword, I can't make that cut the same. I just, I haven't, I can't make it feel the same as the other way. Um, but I can take notes of what things I feel are off and try to work, work, work them. So that's what you should do. And again, I think paying attention to yourself, uh, you will find those spots that feel crappy. You will find the spots where it's just like, oh, this doesn't, this, I know the, the bokeh is supposed to turn easily here, but it doesn't. Um, why is that, you know? Yeah. I think, I don't know, lately, I've been feeling like the things that we tend to ignore rush through the most are the things we have to work on the most. You got it. And that seems like a no duh, but I feel like it's been hitting home for me a lot lately that like, oh, I really don't like that thing. I guess that means that I should work on it. Yeah. <laughs> I, or I rush that thing and I, you know, I, I try and get to the end of it as much as I can when I do it so I can move on to the thing that I would rather do. So that probably means that I should spend more time on that. Yeah. Um, so I feel like with the Sabuti, that's definitely the case that if something's if you're just kind of like okay i want to go to the next one i can Um, i spin it yeah Uh, Yeah. it's sort of where i want it to be right (laughs) really take some time with it and feel it out really nicely um so do we hit like so basically um should you do it um how do you know you're doing it right how do you know you're doing it right so um i think we kind of hit this but um feedback's your friend so um uh, hit something and and pay attention to the feedback does it fly out of your hands does it hurt your hands um, are you not making much power meaning is the thing not moving uh, very much are you not putting much into it so so that's how you're gonna know um, aside from asking your instructor am I doing this right or wrong um, uh, which maybe not everyone has access yeah. to um, outside uh, yeah outside the training is uh, you know if you're gonna train inside what do you think about if you don't have very high ceilings but you have you feel like you have enough space just your ceilings aren't high enough mm-hmm. how what do you guys think about um, practicing some of the like the the higher strikes from your knees so that you can do the full strike is that you think that's sabotaging the, no, the thing itself? No I don't think or? it's sabotaging and I've seen people do it and people like it <laughs> look man uh, maybe like maybe one day maybe one day uh, you're gonna get your legs chopped off below the knee, <laughs> and uh, you're going to have a stick, and six ninjas are gonna attack you, and um, that's what you need your weapons for. But like, it, it's not practical. I don't think it's very practical to do that. Um, what I would do is learn control for high for low ceilings. Like, so make power horizontally and vertically from the short end, but don't make power straight up. And that's teaching you how to control your weapon in an enclosed environment, which is likely to happen, right? So you're likely to be in an office space when you had to defend yourself or something. You know, and I'm being purely practical about this, but like practicing weapons from your knees, like I don't that's doing you know like so there's you know so what he was a practice is good um there's good reasons to do it and i could get into that but that's not weapons practice and so well, maybe that's our next uh punk so what was it no i've got at least one more right. I, I got a, I got well, i'm sure we'll have more after this yeah. next one so. you think we'll do another one i think so um <clears throat> did we hit everything that he was asking about yeah let's see how do you experiment safely is it possible to do it wrong oh yeah and wrong means you know wrong means um you you're um you're not making any force with it right so you can't hit something powerfully it hurts your body when you do it or it comes out of your hands that's them those are all wrong um aside i well i think he's he's saying is it is it 
and I could be wrong, but I think what he's asking is it possible to be thinking that you're doing something correctly and it's incorrectly, and then I understand, and, and then in the end you uh, are have developed some bad habits. Right, and so what I'm saying about that is, um, aside from, you know, an aesthetic thing or something, like your instructor says, like, oh, you know, that doesn't look right, or, you know, well, whatever. Um, for you using a weapon, um, is it hurting your body? Is it making force? And does it, do you retain control of it? Like, those are the three things right. you're factoring. So, so I understand what he's saying. Like, um, a better way to phrase that is, can I practice it non-optimally? Right, so meaning, you know, can I practice this in a way that is not the absolute best way? Yes, and you can. But the only way you're going to track down the best way is by doing it over and over until you find the best way to do it. Uh, so, so I know that's a like wrong is like when we're saying like there's um an Aikido god and he's floating around above mm-hmm. us and and one day he looks yeah. down and goes, oh, you're going to go to Aikido hell because you've been doing that sabuti with your left pinky in the air and it's not supposed to be in the air. Um, that's that's like right and wrong but the truth of it is can you practice not optimally so an instructor can look at you and say hey you're not practicing optimally here and here and here's why um but aside from you having that like if you don't have that then um what you're going to do is hit something hard and and judge those three criteria here's a question it's probably a, a dumb one uh and it might be answered in the the video section um how do i how do i even hold the thing you know, because a lot of times I think that's a big problem is people don't even understand how to hold the weapon necessarily. Um, and so when they're going through the stuff, they, they're doing it oddly because they're not, they don't have it correctly in their hands. Some of that, I think if you hit something, will get, will fix itself, um, but maybe it won't. So is there a, a place where people can go to see like, this is how you hold I mean, you know, my first thing is your instructor. Uh, second from your instructor is um, Saito Sensei is my it's advice. You know, and so like look in the books, look in the videos. Um, uh, we could spend time talking about the proper way to hold a weapon. But when you are connecting to a weapon, and that's a weird way to say that, but, you know, like when you are attaching your body to a weapon in a way, probably via grip, um, that connection is very, very important. Um, as long as you're not hurting your hands and your weapon moves freely and can make power, you're probably gripping it pretty decently. There you go. Um, in the Awama system, for example, there's a lot of um, pickiness about how you orient your hand on the, the sukkah, the handle. Um, some of that, I will say right now, is, is some aesthetic um, interest. And not a practical interest. Um, some of it is practical. The way you're going to find that as you hit stuff a lot. Yeah. As you hit stuff a lot, you will learn really quickly like what hurts your hand, what doesn't hurt your hand, what allows you to transmit more force, and what allows you not to transmit as much force. All right. Is there, okay, is there... Is it possible to hurt yourself badly at all? Yeah. Solo training Absolutely. with yes, weapons? 100%. Weapon hits yes. you in the head. Aside from just whacking yourself in the face, like... <laughs> Yes. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know, you know, all martial arts training is inherently dangerous. You can definitely hurt yourself. So, like, you know, I mean, you could definitely pull any muscle in your body while oh, doing yeah. stuff. Right. Uh, yeah. You could be doing intense sabuti and slip on the ground and bash your head open. You could uh, fly the stick and fly out of your hand and smash you on the head. I mean, yes, it's inherently dangerous. Uh, take those things into to, to reason and, and be careful and don't go training with live swords right away, right? Like, so, you know, be sensible about these Ooh, things. That's probably actually a good one that's, to yeah, say. That was, I, that's I probably... Uh, Something we should have pointed out at the beginning, like, don't just jump into the deep end, <laughs> Yeah, you know, if you're not ready for it. Nobody's impressed. No, somebody might, though, you know? I mean, we. to me, it seems obvious, like, yeah, I'm going to train with a weapon designed for training. 
But one thing I think is important to point out is you know like we uh, we have a weird idea about swords now. Like we think of um, old weapons like old technology or something. You know, so like when yeah, you have a good. when you have the new iPhone, the old iPhone's like, well, that's a p- it really can't do anything. Right, anymore, right? right? Not as good. Yeah. that's not true with weapon. A sword will annihilate you. Yeah. A sword will kill you. It will cut off your limbs. It will destroy your fingers. It will destroy your face. It will make you die. Um, a sword is no joke. Uh, a sword is a hugely powerful tool. Like if you've ever cut yourself with a kitchen knife, imagine that times forty, and that's what a sword will do to you. So um, yeah, don't don't play around with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, be careful. Yeah. The end. <laughs> I think also too with with a edged weapon. Like if you're training with that, pay attention to where the edge is. So I don't know. You've said this a lot when we're doing like knife stuff or sword stuff. It's like it's not a lightsaber. You get touched with it, you're not gonna die. Right. Um, so in your sabuti, at the same time, cut with the edge, you know, don't yeah, slap. Edge alignment's important. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, we're, we're starting to drift into, like, the specifics right. of training with and a weapon, which uh, I think is beyond this, the, the scope of this uh, podcast. But, um, I mean, those that's those are, I think, the things you got to keep in mind. And I understand, Urbana, what you're saying is, like, and I, I know because I felt this way many times myself, which is, like, I don't want to practice it wrong for a couple of years. You know? I, right, I get yeah. right, right, right. So let me tell you right now, you're probably not going to practice it right in the beginning. And that's the way it is for all of us, no matter what we're doing. And the only way you're going to start correcting those things is to undertake the practice and then be as vigilant about paying attention while you are doing that as possible. And those things will right you. They will put you in the right direction, you know. I agree. And the fact that you asked the question and uh, had so many, like, parts of it, I think, like, Hit on the correct things to ask about. Yes, I think yes, yes, yes. Uh, shows that you're it's it you'll you're cool. You'll be fine. Yeah. So, so that's it. Good. All right. Um, do we want to let's jump in our patrons? We can already just thank Urbano again. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. For <laughs> yes. That. Thank you so um, much. I um, thought that was a good. That was a good one. Hopefully, this was a good podcast for people to kind of um, have some things to think about. Yeah, um, and if you if this sparked some questions uh, or ideas for a, another episode, yeah, we're always taking ideas. Yeah, yes. Um, although next week I want to talk about what does success in Aikido look like, um, and well, that's for, a good one for uh, that. That success, what I mean is, what does the system of Aikido doing? Not you know how do right. I make a million dollars on Aikido, but like <laughs> like a, what you're never. Um, but, but like, you know, what does successful look like? So, you know, if you're boxing, successful looks like knocking someone well, out. Now you're giving away the whole, the whole, you're giving it all away, man. Come on. Well, think, think about that. Sneak peek. This is the sneak peek. Um, anyway, so, so yeah, that's the next episode. And then Josh, Josh was suggesting, talking about what does a martial art look like that's not about fighting? And I think that's yeah, a good, yeah. um, that's a good topic too. So those are coming up in the very That'll next That'll be future. an, uh, yeah, well, I got some interesting, I don't, now I'm trying to give it away. Next week on Aikido right. Discussed. Um, so let's read dun, those dun. and then we'll give a uh, tip of the week and then and then we'll wrap it up. So, Alright. Oh my goodness. Are you eating chicharron right now? <laughs> I can hear you crunching. Alright. No so, one would have known. They would have been like, that is some weird background No, noise. no. I guarantee there will be people. That must be the dog. Yeah. <laughs> that, must be. that was the dog. <laughs> Alright, go. We, uh, thank you so much to our patrons. Rob Kip- Rob. Kitson, John Smith, Jim Sullivan, Lenny Acuna, Urbano, Matt Riley, Warwick Dean, and Grant Templin. We really appreciate all of your help. And then everyone who uh, has been listening, everyone who's been sending us comments and um, you know sharing stories about how the podcast has helped them in whatever ways. I mean, that's it's really, awesome to hear. Thank you. It's very good much. to know uh, that this there is. It's fun for us. Like as you can tell, hopefully uh, this we do this crap anyway. 
um, just on normal days sitting around. So uh, it's fun for us, but it's also nice to know that people are getting something out of it. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So All thanks right. for your support. Tip of the week. Tip of the week. Um, tip of the week is do some sabuti. <laughs> I mean, it seems like I a love these insightful, yeah, well, so these insightful tips of the week. <laughs> well, I feel like it's not something that everyone does, you know, and yeah. if this is something. Yeah, if you've been some even thinking about it. Yeah, of it, the normal, your normal, yes. whatever, to add that to your Cause it, training. It will make a big difference. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, good. So I think that's it. And we I'll, showed you how to do it, so you have no excuses now. <laughs> We, we told your ears how to do yeah, it. told your ears. All right. Okay. Uh, we'll see you guys next Until week. Until next week. Or hear you, you'll hear us see next week. Something. <laughs> we'll talk to your ears next week. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>